Hello and welcome to the Road Trip Sports Podcast. My name is Harrison Crook and today I'm not joined by my mate Ollie. Instead, uh, because Ollie is unfortunately, pardon the pun, crook, um, but I'm joined instead by my good mate, uh, Sydney Uni star wide receiver, Michael Cowboy Galanos. Cowboy, how you doing? Good, mate. Thank you for having me. Definitely appreciate the opportunity to chat to you tonight. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure. I've heard lots of uh, stories in the locker room about your exploits at uh, Arizona State, and I'm looking forward to getting some of them on the pod today. So it's going to be a great episode. Now, make sure if you haven't already uh, to follow us on all of the socials. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Road Trip Sports Pod. We're on YouTube. You can search Road Trip Sports Podcast to find us there. Any inquiries, if you'd like to get on the pod, if you'd like your chance to uh, tell all of your uh, sports uh, fan stories, we'd love to hear them. Road Trip Sports Podcast at gmail.com is the best way uh, to get in contact with us. Uh, we're doing our merch. We're organizing it at the moment. So all of the people who come on the podcast will receive free podcast merch, uh, but you can also purchase that if you'd like shortly. So make sure you're following us on the socials to keep up to date uh, with the podcast and with all our merch offerings. Uh, we are talking all things Arizona State today. Uh, we've also got a couple of other topics, including the normal guest introduction we do about favorite, least favorite teams. And we're gonna do their NFL superlatives. We're taking it to the NFC and AFC East this week being that Cowboy is an Eagles fan. I didn't get that wrong, did I? <laughs> oh, you might have made a small mistake there. Just a little one. And um, being that I'm a Dolphins fan as well, we thought the East would be a great one uh, to tackle today. So looking forward to that one. Uh, now, uh, let's get straight into it with our guest introduction. So every time we get a new guest on the podcast, we go through a couple of things, top three teams, top three rivals. Let's start with top three teams. Like I said, you're an Eagles fan, right? No, so they're probably going to fall into the ne the next category. Yep. So I guess as far as top three teams are concerned, my by far number one is the Arizona State Sun Devils, yep. which covers a variety of sports, but obviously football being the main one there. 100%, and then yeah. a close second is the Dallas Cowboys. Very big Cowboys guy, but Arizona State does take the cake for me. And I think number three, I actually have a real soft spot now for the Arizona Cardinals. I've oh, yeah. been in Arizona for quite a while, so I, I do have a soft spot for them. So they 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 make the top three as well. Did you have to catch a Cards game when you were over there? I did not. No, I I got I caught a Cowboys game, but I actually didn't make it to a Cardinals game. Yeah, maybe when you return. I know you're uh, planning on returning at some point. Hey. Yeah, so I did return uh, about six, not longer than that, about nine months ago, but yeah. um didn't go to a Cubs game that time either. But um, I maybe <laughs> big fan, are you? Yeah, I almost went to a Cowboys and Cardinals game, which would have been perfect. But um, yeah, it just didn't happen. So it's all good. Yeah, too easy. Too easy. Uh, well, they're your top three teams. What about top three rivals? So my number one is I absolutely despise, cannot stand the University of Arizona. God, I hate <laughs> them so much. Um they I saw Why do you hate them? what do they do what what's what's the thing that really gets under your skin just literally everything they've ever done ever just bothers me um yeah so i think it's been it was found that like the arizona state and arizona is the biggest rivalry in all of college sports so yeah, yeah it's something that you really Bigger feel than like a higher state michigan or something yeah um, right yeah, quite, so quite a big deal uh down in arizona so yeah, i despise the arizona wildcats with 
every fiber of my being. Um, <laughs> and then obviously as well, being a Cowboys fan, I don't really like the Philadelphia Eagles and I do not like the New York Giants either. Yeah, that makes sense. So you're a big uh, Commanders fan then? <laughs> no, they don't count either. They so, just don't uh, well, count. I mean, they, they, would be num- they would be number four, but yeah. um, it was top three, <laughs> so I like to follow the rules. That's true. That's true. Um, now, you've visited a lot of American cities like myself and like Ollie have. Uh, what are some of the cities you visited and seen sports in? Yeah, so first place I actually went to was Orlando, Florida. I didn't yep. see any sports live while I was there. I just watched it on TV. Um, but I've been to Dallas where I you know, caught a Cowboys game, went to the practice facility and all that kind of stuff. I've been to Arizona where I've been to I think seven or eight Arizona State football games. I've been to LA where I didn't see any sports, but I've been there. And I've been to New York and yep. Philadelphia. Philadelphia, I went to an Eagles Cowboys game and New York. I went to a Harlem Globetrotters game, if that even oh, counts see. as a <laughs> that even counts as a real sport event. But um it was in Madison Square Garden. So it was cool to see that venue since it's obviously like world famous. So, 100%. Yeah. How did you uh, how did you survive going to a Cowboys uh, Eagles game? Being a Cowboys fan, did you make it known or? No, we kind of went in disguise. Like we didn't actually wear any Cowboys gear. We just wore like plain black. But I think people caught on when we were the only ones who weren't cheering when something went well for the Eagles. Yeah. So um yeah, I think you play it... the Australian card. Oh, we don't really we don't understand what's going on. <laughs> I would have, but like no one actually said anything to us. They kind of just gave us dirty looks. And at one point, me and my dad got hit by a beer that somehow managed to fly into us. So you know, <laughs> no one actually had the balls to confront us, but um yeah, I think they knew in the end. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, well, what's your favorite sports game then that you've ever attended? Could be um, one you've seen over in Australia. Could be one, I'm guessing it'd be one over in the States. Yeah, like without a shadow of a doubt, it is the game we played against University of Oregon in yep. 2019, 24th of November, I believe it was, or 23rd. It depends what country you're in at the time. <laughs> but anyway, we were playing... We, we started the season five and one and then lost four games in a row. And then right. we were coming up against, so we're five and five coming up against number five or number six, Oregon, depending on which uh, rankings you look at. And they were, you know, tipped to make it into the college football playoff. Justin Herbert was in top form. And we, I, you know, I went to the game, me and all my friends thinking, all right, you know, this will be really fun. It's a game against a big school. We'll probably get smashed, but it'll be great for me at least to see Oregon and, you know, whatever. And then we ended up winning, um, you know, we were, we we're up about 21 points or something with like eight minutes left in the game. They managed to score a couple of garbage touchdowns at the end to make the score a bit more respectable. But we were basically winning the whole way. Um, yeah. Justin Herbert had a shocker of a game. I couldn't, at the time I was shocked he got drafted so high because the one game I saw him, he was so bad. But um, yeah, and then, you know, after we were on the game, they, they let the crowd run the field. So we actually ran onto the field and just like we're all, celebrating going crazy and that's obviously something that doesn't happen every day something you can't plan so it was like an incredible experience that i'll honestly never forget that's so cool anytime you see those college uh fans they all uh crowd the field they all run into the field it's always an incredible sight to behold so uh would have been awesome to be a part of that for you yeah, 100%. One of those things that, yeah, you remember for the rest of your life. And as soon as you say, you know, favorite sports game, that just instantly comes to mind. Yeah, of course, of course. Well, if you could travel to one sports city that you haven't been to yet and watch a game, where would it be and what sport? That is a great question. 
I've always wanted to go to uh, North Carolina to a Duke basketball game, actually. Yeah. I feel like the atmosphere in those looks kind of crazy because I know the students have to like camp out to get a spot in the student section. Yeah. Um, but even like a Penn State Michigan game, I think, or an Ohio Ooh, State Michigan yeah. game, just to see what, what uh, the crowd's as, like up there. As a Penn State so, fan, I'm very toey to watch a uh, wideout game. It would be absolutely <laughs> Yeah, I, I've heard those get pretty pretty crazy too Thinking so what 105,000 all wearing the same color looks unreal yeah there's that famous uh, video right where um michigan had to call a timeout on the very first play of the game because it was too loud <laughs> it was the <laughs> oh, best I'd love, love to hear that so yeah something like that the best the best uh well the main reason for our chat today is to talk all about your experience uh at arizona state now as i understand it you studied there for was it one semester or two semesters in the two end? semesters so i yep. got pretty lucky it originally was meant to be one and i as soon as i got there i wanted to extend it for a second yeah i was originally i was told no twice and then at the last minute uh, i was told i could stay for another semester so i got yeah, lucky awesome. and got to do two semesters so yeah best uh, school year of my life by far yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. So um, what were you studying over there? So I was just doing my regular business degree. Basically, yep. I was doing a business degree here in Sydney and then just basically was studying abroad for a year. Um, but I think my main goal when I was over there wasn't to be a typical exchange student who's just like a tourist. I actually immersed myself with the Americans. I had three American roommates. I All my friends were Americans, so I really got into it like as if i was an american college student for a year which in the end i was so that's yeah, living incredible. the dream living the absolute dream uh now arizona state's famous for being a party school did you go there with that in mind or uh was that just a welcome surprise once you were over there so i basically had a list of schools i could go to and my first priority was to go to a good football school yep. so i basically had a big list i narrowed it down to just the good football schools yeah. Out of those, the best football school was Wisconsin, but I hate the cold. I can't stand being cold. Yeah. So I thought there's no way I'm going to Wisconsin. So then I narrowed it down to all the warm sports schools that were good. Yep. And then what Arizona State just really stood out to me. I've always grown up liking Arizona State and the color scheme and just the whole, um, you know, Sun Devils kind of, uh, you know, the, the name, the brand, just everything about Arizona State. And I did know in the back of my head there was the reputation for it being like a fun party school. So I did think, you know what, that sounds like the perfect school for me to go to. It was my first preference. I got in. So I, yeah, yeah, I got pretty lucky and I was, I was pretty stoked I got to go there. Yeah, that's awesome. That's all. So what was the, what was the student experience like? What sort of things uh, would you recommend about it? And what sort of things did you not expect uh, to experience once you were there? Yeah, I, I just loved the... It sounds a bit cliche and a bit cringe, but I just love like the vibe of the campus. So firstly, the school spirit is incredible. I think, you know, here in Australia, if you see someone walking around your uni campus wearing the, the university hoodie, you kind of think, oh, that guy's a bit of a dork. Lame. But over there, like everyone's wearing like school shirts and school colors. And, you know, there's all banners up about like the upcoming football game and what color to wear to the game. And yeah. Everyone just seems like happy and excited to be out on campus. And the fact that I think, you know, in America, especially in a college town like Tempe, Arizona, everyone lives within two miles of the campus. So there's just constantly a bunch of people your age just like running around having a good time. And there's just always something to do. So, it was, yeah, it was really exciting to be there. There's just always something going on. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, do, now, the football players and the other athletes, were they 
people you could regularly interact with or did they do their own thing? Like, did you get to know many of the football players over there? Yeah, so basically, you know, it was pretty easy to spot a a student athlete on campus because they all got this fancy backpack that you could only get if you're a student athlete. So right. it's very obvious if you want to pass them on as a student athlete. Yeah. Um, but I did get pretty lucky that through my fraternity, I managed to meet a few football players on the AS2 football team. I won't name anyone specifically, but they were all, what really surprised me was they were all really humble, down to earth, just genuine guys. And I think especially being foreign and you, my only you know experience of college sports is seeing them on TV, you can kind of get that you know, thought that they're like celebrities and superhumans. So it is nice to see they're kind of just like you and me and they're just, you know, regular guys our age, just stressed about their exams and trying to get through school, but also, you know, grind really hard and play some really good football. So yeah, it was great to meet those guys and get to know them. Um, and even just, yeah, seeing them around campus all the time was, was good fun. Yeah, of course, of course. Now uh, you went to, I think you mentioned seven or eight uh, different uh, games what was the experience like going to a game like in the I'm guessing you uh, went in the student section what was that like going to an Arizona State game tell us walk us through the experience yeah so basically student tickets are free which is awesome you don't have to pay That's to go unreal. to the game unreal yeah. yeah and at Arizona State the student section is called the inferno I guess because you know it's, it's hot we're in the desert yeah um, and it gets pretty rowdy in, in that student section so no, game, game day experience is usually everyone gets together a few hours before the game, starts drinking, gets a little buzz going. And then you just walk up to the stadium because it's literally on campus, walking distance from where everyone lives. Oh, As that. you're walking into the stadium, you can, you know, the cheerleaders are outside, the marching bands outside, you know, just playing some like the fight song or just some like sick beats on the drums, whatever it is. And, you, you know, you get fired up for the game. And I always got there nice and early, watch warm-ups and whatnot, and just starts to fill up. And there's no uh, like chairs in the student section. It's just those flat benches. Oh, the so everyone ends yeah. up getting really bunched together and everyone's standing up. And yeah, once the game starts, it kind of just goes crazy from there. There's a big, you know, pregame pump up, all the fireworks going off and whatnot. Um, you know, they, they play all the music. And, you know, once the game starts, there's all the chants that you go through in the student section throughout the game. And yeah, it just gets super exciting, especially when it's a close game or an exciting game, you know, like that Oregon game or the first game of the season because everyone wants to go to the first game. So, yeah, it's super exciting being in the student section. Everyone just goes crazy and really gets into the game. And, yeah, I'll, I'll never forget, like, that Oregon game, just everyone going crazy whenever we'd score a big touchdown, just, like, you can't match the the atmosphere that you get in a, in a student section, especially because everyone's your age and everyone's just, yeah, going crazy. And the amount of pride that you have in the team because – you know, you, everyone lives there. So it's like not just your school that you go to every day, but it's also your home that you're yeah. like representing and that's playing. So even when you walk into the game and you know, you're in a sea of yellow, everyone's wearing yellow because they're, you know, from Arizona State. And then you see someone wearing the other school's colors. You're kind of like, what are you doing here in my home? Like coming into the stadium, trying to trying to beat me. Like, what are you doing here? And you, you kind of get that like school spirit. You get fired up. Yeah. So yeah, it makes it very exciting. I guess it would help knowing all the players as well. Like it almost feels like they're your mates and you're watching your mates play, even though you likely don't know all of them or many of them, but just feeling like, oh, they're, they're the same as me. They're just a couple of guys on my at my school going to play in front of, yeah, 100,000 people and millions watching at home. That's, yeah, it must be pretty exciting. The Now the student section, are they ticketed seats or do you just, is it just a free-for-all? Do they just try and pack people in there? 
So they are ticketed. So when sense, I say ticketed, uh, do you have do you have like an assigned seat to sit in, or is no? It just, so you, yeah. it's it's like a it's like doing general admission at a concert. Basically, it's just yeah, like okay. they might have like twenty thousand or so student seats that are free, and then you basically yeah just get one of those, just go in and like you, wherever you get a spot, that's where you're going to stay because yeah, there's no nothing's reserved. So like when we played University of Arizona, the biggest rivalry game of the year, the stadium was full. Um, Anyone who tried to get there within like 30 minutes of kickoff just didn't get in because the student section was literally full and there was nowhere to stand. Yeah, gotcha. So, yeah, pretty exciting stuff. That's pretty awesome. Now, um, a big part of our podcast, we love our sports food, our stadium food. Any good stadium food recommendations for Arizona State? I think the only stadium food I ever bought was I paid six USD for a bottle of water. <laughs> that is an absolute rot. Yeah, I think it's the only thing I ever got at Arizona State at an Arizona State sports game. Yeah. So it it was there like places you ate at beforehand or afterwards. Um, I'm assuming you get hungry jumping around in the student section. What was the what's your best food recommendations for going to see a game at Arizona State? Yeah, so walking distance from the stadium, there's it's called Raising Canes. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. Um, no, we just, we just call it canes. It's basically they do like chicken, uh, okay. chicken and Texan style like toast. It's, it's it's really good. It's walking distance from the stadium. There's also an In and Out just off the road. Um, yep. So those are probably my top two spots to go after an Arizona State sports game. And they're In-N-Out both full burger after a football game. That sounds yeah. an absolute delight. That's the place to be. What's your go-to uh, In and Out order? I get a double double, and I get animal style fries. Can't go wrong. It's probably my favorite American food. Yeah. In and out burger can't be beaten. I went there recently. I love their um their shakes are just unbeatable. Oh yeah, nice strawberry shake as well. Yeah, no, I had, I had to get the I had to get the um a chocolate shake and then a soft drink as well. Cause I was just like, I need <laughs> I need I need the liquid and I can't go past the shake. So um yeah, love an in and out burger. Uh, well, is there any more tips you've got of the best ways to experience um, an Arizona State game? Anything that people might not know if they're traveling over there? Um, I would just say enjoy yourself with it. Get loud. Like, don't don't worry about like looking stupid in front of other people. Yeah, just enjoy yourself. I would. Yeah, if you're over legal drinking age in the United States, get a little buzz going first. Um, they usually give out freebies at the stadium as well, like a little like foam finger or a pom-pom or a t-shirt, whatever it is, grab one and like get around that as well. Yeah. And yeah, just, just back the boys basically. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. No, it sounds like an awesome experience. Um, anything else you'd like to share about the college experience as a whole? Any, um, any funny stories, any wild parties you got into uh, in your Arizona state time? Great question. Um, any, any that you're allowed to share on the podcast or that's, uh, that's an even better question should i uh should this be an off podcast chat <laughs> yeah we might have to take it off the podcast it depends it's a tough it's a tough one because i almost have so many stories that whenever people put me on the spot it's hard to actually think of like uh you know a story but then you know something will come up that will remind me of a story and whatnot but yeah i guess to answer I, I, first, I mean we have all heard at sydney uni um back when i was at arizona state did you exactly. get arizona state cowboy i didn't know that's how all my stories start now is oh, at Arizona State story. Um, but yeah, I think as well, your first question, I think I would recommend to literally anyone that you need to study in the United States at a college for at least a semester. Yeah. If, if not a year, if not your whole four years, even though that would be very expensive. I think it's something everyone should experience, especially I think just being foreign. You feel so free being on the other side of the world. 
yeah. studying, doing whatever you want. So yeah, it was definitely a really memorable experience. And yeah, I just encourage people who are over there is just like get involved as much as you possibly can. Cause I mean, you can still go to a school like Arizona state and have a horrible time. If you just sit in your dorm all day and play Xbox and do nothing. So, you know, you got to get around the campus, you know, join a fraternity, join a club, get around the sports and yeah, make the most of it for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Well, that's about it for our Arizona state chat. Thanks for sharing the um, in-depth experience. I think um, it's great when we have people on to chat about their own unique experiences. Cause that's so uh, unique and different. It's something like you said, everyone should go and do um, if you've got the means and if you're able to, um, it sounds awesome going to a US college. Definitely a dream of mine. Hopefully one day. I know I'm a bit older now, but uh, would still love to do it one day. 100%. It's never too late, mate. And it's yeah, something that I, I love talking about too because it's yeah, a great time in my life. Really? Did, <laughs> did you might not know that about me. Yeah. <laughs> I always love talking about it. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, well, yeah, that wraps up our Arizona State chat. We're going to move now into NFL superlatives. Now we're preparing for the season. We had the first uh, preseason game was on last week. The uh, Did you catch the Raiders-Jags game a bit? I saw some of the highlights, but I did not watch the entire game. It's sort of it's sort of something where I always like, go, oh, yeah, I'm so excited. Football's back. Football's back. And then I watch two minutes going, that's not football. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> that's... Yeah, you're... It looks like football. It sounds field. like football. It's not football. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did see, though, um, there was a really impressive clip where, I don't even know his name, one of the re- uh, receivers on the Raiders, he copped a, a hit to the head, but he was wearing that new Riddell Axiom helmet. Oh, and yeah. it actually absorbed, like, the entire blow, and he got up and he was fine. That's um, awesome. And someone did, like, a slow-mo zoom in of his watching the helmet kind of, like, vibrate and absorb all the impact. So it is quite impressive how this uh, technology is evolving, especially for guys like us who are still playing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Finally, it seems like the technology is starting to catch up with the, uh, with the injuries and with the concussions because um, yeah, still pretty scary to think about sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I try not to think about it at all. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> in 20 years when we're um, in the wheelchairs running around, we'll, uh, we'll yeah. think about it then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It might be too late, but oh well. All right, well, let's move into NFL superlatives now. We're going to start with uh, the Cowboys division, the NFC East, and we're going to start with best player. Who do you think is the best player in the entire NFC East this year? I feel like I have to say Cowboys player or I'm going to get in trouble. Um, (laughs) Is your dad listening? (laughs) No, although I'll probably share this with him and he can can hear me say this, but no, I actually would. I'm going to, it's a hot take, but I'm going to say it's Micah Parsons. I think Ooh, he's, I he's don't got think that's wrong. I don't think he's that's got wrong. so that's much potential. Considering how well he played as a rookie, imagine when he's got a bit more experience. I think he'll be unstoppable. So he is a very talented football player. Uh, looked very impressive last year. Um, I'm going to say if Chase Young can come back healthy, I think he's still the cream of the crop in that uh, in that division. But yeah, Micah Parsons, very good shout indeed. Mm. Um, looking at the best team, am I going to hear anyone else? No. So I think the Dallas Cowboys definitely have the most talented roster by far. Um, put, it's just, put it this way. Take the Cowboys out of it. Who who are you worried about the most? In terms of beating us? Who are you worried mm. could take the division title from you? Depends how the commanders go with a new quarterback. But, it still um, feels weird to say commanders, doesn't it? It does. I'll get used to it one day. I, uh, um, I heard you otherwise- say it and I was like, who? Oh, <laughs> otherwise it has to be the Eagles because I mean the Giants look like a dumpster fire, so yeah. I'm not really too worried about them at this point. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think that 
I think the commanders could pull it together. It's just going to be that quarterback position, whether Wentz can actually perform and lead the team. I mean, you saw how the Colts crumbled down the stretch. Is something similar going to happen again or can Rivera get the most out of him? Only time will tell, I think. Mm. Um, Let's move on now to best offense. Who do you think has got the best offense in the NFC East? Definitely Dallas Cowboys. Um, I don't think that one's close at all. I think yes, weapons all over the field. Offensive lines looking pretty stacked. Um, backfield do, is very talented. I do think their receiver depth is something they did lose over the offseason, though, and that is something to monitor. That is a good point. Um, so yeah, we will see how that goes, but hopefully, Sidney Lamb will kind of emerge as a really reliable target, and we'll make up for it. Bring out the rest <laughs> of the boys around him. Yeah, I, I think. Um, they were using Amari too much as a decoy and he wasn't even getting the ball much anyway. So hopefully we'll just scheme it that we'll actually spread the ball around a bit more this year as well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, best defense now. Uh, I I think the commanders have got a very strong front seven that could mm. contend with this. Tell me why it's the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can disagree with you because... I mean, like I said, though, Micah Parsons is on fire and Trayvon Diggs is very controversial. I mean, he does give up a lot of yards in coverage, but he also gets a lot of interceptions, which can win you a lot of games. So, Mm. but I do think considering the commanders, I'm not sure if this has changed, but last I heard they had four first round picks on the D line or is it three? But whatever it is, there's a ton of talent in that front seven. So I think they are going to wreak havoc. So they might be a bit more consistent than the Cowboys defense. Um, so yeah, might might go to them, but we'll have to see. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Best special teams. Now, I had written down Philadelphia Eagles just based on their kicker, um, Jake Elliott. Any disagreements there? Is there any reasons why we have got to watch any of the other teams in the league for their special teams? Any returners out there that could be dangerous? Not that comes to mind for me. I mean, the Cowboys could barely even kick field goals and extra points last year, so I don't think we have really an argument to be up there. Yeah, I'm thinking as well, Devonta Smith returning kicks for Philadelphia could be uh, very dangerous as well, especially now that AJ Brown can take that number one receiver role. Devonta Mm. Smith can sort of, he can be in a bit more of the return stuff. They can get him open a bit more. I think he's set to have a big, big year. Um, But despite that, for fantasy player, the best fantasy player this year, I think AJ Brown is going to take it. Yeah, interesting. I mean, it could be, I just think though Dak Prescott these days, you know, he has a habit of falling behind in games and ends up throwing a lot and then gets 200 yards in the last quarter. So he seems to rack up the fantasy points a lot of weeks. He ends up with 400 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. Do you think that maybe CD Lamb then is a good pickup in fantasy? I think now he that could the be, wide, especially... the other wide receivers are out the door. He's the number one. Yeah. Player. He's going to be getting a lot more. I mean, he'd definitely have a better fantasy year than he did last year. Yeah. But in terms of being the best fantasy player in the division, I'm not as sure, but we'll see. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Uh, well, we had the draft uh, back in April. Uh, who do you think had the best draft um, of all the teams in the NFC East? I did double check before this, the draft classes for all the teams. And I actually think you're probably right here with the Giants. I think they they have two big name players with Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau. So I actually think that's probably the most wow factor in terms of a draft class. Everyone else, you'd have to wait to see how the players develop over the next couple of years, I think. Yeah, looking through, they had the most instant impact, which maybe long-term will look back and say that another team had the best draft. But in terms of giving you help right now, those two players are easy plug-in and are some of your best starters. I mean, 
that's saying a lot about the Giants team right now. That you draft guys <laughs> and they're your best yeah. starters. Uh, but they are looking very impressive so far. So um, mm. I think that the best draft has to go to the Giants there. Um, best coach. I mean, next year we might say it's Sean Payton for your Cowboys, but who is it this year? <laughs> um, I think there's an argument for Mike McCarthy just in the sense of his uh, resume. But I also think the fact that he's even in consideration as the best coach in the division probably to me tells you how poor the coach may be in the division. Yeah. I, um, I actually do. <laughs> yeah. I do really respect Ron Rivera. Just, um, you know, his battle with cancer and kind of from a personality perspective, I do actually admire him a lot. So, yeah, I think I it has like to be one of those two. He's had to deal with a lot at the helm in the change to the commander's name in the rebrand of image in the, all the Dan Snyder uh, mess that they're in right now. I feel like he's had to deal with a lot in his coaching and he's still gotten a lot out of a not very talented team. They are starting to build up that talent, but they haven't been a great team and Rivera's still got them competitive in games. I think that that counts for something. Um, and you look at, he's got a pretty good resume as well coming from the, uh, from the Panthers. So I think he is probably the best coach in the league in, sorry, not in the league in the division. Um, worst fan base. Now I've done something here. <laughs> um, I've got worst fan base, the Dallas Cowboys, best fan base, the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> uh, now the reason why this is, is because from the outside looking in, they are the most painful people to deal with. <laughs> the Cowboys fans are constantly, uh, oh, we them boys, it's our year. But I feel like, and I feel like you can give me this perspective. If you're in it, it feels like such a wholesome, welcome fan base. What do you think? Well, I like, I'd like to think we would both agree that I'm not one of those Cowboys fans. No, you are not. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a bit of I'm a bit of more of a realist of a Cowboys fan, but I do think they have to be the best fan base, just being America's team, the way they're so widely followed across the country and across the world. Yeah, I think though I have to disagree for worst fan base because I just think the Eagles fans are just a next They're level of as. yeah, especially someone who's been to a Cowboys game in Philadelphia. Um, I've seen it firsthand. Yeah. Um, you know, I think just something that my my dad told me about that I'll I'll never forgive them for was you know, back in the nineties, I believe it was maybe even early two thousands. Michael Irvin got a really bad uh, neck injury that was actually career ending in a game against the Eagles. And when they saw him go down with an injury, the Eagles fans were cheering uh, hysterically for it. So That's disgusting. Yeah. yeah kind of uh, gives me a bit of a sour taste in my mouth when I think of that fan base now. You know what? You've, you've talked me into it. I think they are the worst fan base. I mean, <laughs> they pelted Santa Claus with snowballs for, for yeah. goodness sake. <laughs> what are they doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, best rookie. Uh, we've got a lot of talented players coming into the division this year. Who have you got as the best rookie uh, coming into the NFC East? Yeah, so I, without a doubt, think it's Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, I actually saw him play. He was playing in that Oregon-Arizona State game where I ran on the field. Um, oh, awesome. I think he might have been a freshman at the time or at least a sophomore. He would have been quite young, um, yeah. but he was he was there. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've always kind of known who he was throughout his college career and always thought he was an absolute monster of a human. So, yeah, it, the whole way leading up to the draft, I always thought whoever got him would be pretty lucky. Because uh, I think he was even projected to go number one until he, he hurt his knee or something in his, his last yeah, there season. Was a, so there was definitely a bit of chatter for him going number one, I remember. Yeah. So, no, I think uh, he's definitely going to be the best rookie in the division. Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, best divisional game this year. What what division matchup are we looking forward to? 
Yeah, I think the uh, Cowboys Eagles Christmas Day game because because of what we've just Merry discussed Christmas. The- <laughs> well, we've what just a just- present for you. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, it'll be Boxing Day for me, but um, because of what we've discussed with the fan bases, I think it's really going to make or break Christmas for millions of people that game. So I think yep. just because the stakes are so high, that's probably um what makes it the best divisional game of the year. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, on Christmas Day, my Dolphins are playing Ollie's Packers. Um, so it's going nice. to be a very big rivalry game. I still haven't decided whether we're um we're going to have to watch the game together or apart, but um. But yeah, going to be an interesting Christmas day for all. Um, yeah. Best dynasty in the division. I feel like there's only two right answers. There's definitely only one. Name, <laughs> name, name another team in the NFC East. Name a team in the NFC East that doesn't have five Super Bowls. I mean, that has five Super Bowls that isn't called the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, the four that the Giants have got are pretty impressive, though. They had a couple of the best defenses of all time. They had the miracle win over the Patriots. They had the miracle win over the Patriots again. I think that there, there's a case there. I'm not saying that they beat the Cowboys, but mm. I don't think they can be written off. It's a good point. Um, I mean, if Jerry Jones didn't fire uh, Jimmy Johnson, we would have had four in a row. So that would have really solidified the dynasty for us there. <laughs> um, but I still think we take the cake on that. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Um, surprise pro bowler. Who do you think is a surprise player that uh, makes that leap this year? That's a good question. Um, my really answer, to... my yeah, answer yeah. I think, is Hassan Reddick for the, um, for the Eagles. He's come over from the Panthers, outside linebacker. He ha- he's had a couple of really good, strong, high sack seasons. If he can bring that pressure and energy to the Eagles' defense, I think there's a very good case there to be made. Uh, any disagree? Any disagreements no, I there? You, I think you have a good point. Um, I'm trying to think of someone on the Cowboys. I even think someone like Anthony Barr, who's such a veteran, he's made the Pro Bowl before. He's either going to like, he's going to be really good or really bad, I think, in our system. Yep. So if it turns out really well, he could be that surprise guy that actually makes the Pro Bowl. You never know. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, best rivalry in the division? I mean, Cowboys versus anyone. I mean, I think all the... Literally every game in this division is a big rivalry, but I think yeah. Cowboys and Eagles just seems to be extra bitter, they which is something I really felt other. when I was there. So, yeah, um, yeah I think that's probably the one. Who Although, did the Cowboys play when you saw them at, uh, at AT&T? Uh, the Colts. So not a rivalry game at all, rivalry, but uh, yeah. it was a great game because we smashed them. Um, but lovely, I think there's lovely. also, I guess not, you can't say it anymore, but back when Washington were the Redskins, um, that was considered a big rivalry because the whole idea of Cowboys versus Indians goes back centuries. So yeah. to bring that in the modern day in a sport, it's like inherently just seen as a big rivalry. So there's that as well. Yeah. I mean, like you said, though, you look at any matchup in that division, it's such an old historic division that everything's a rivalry in that division. Any division game is huge. And that's why you see they're always put on the primetime games, any division game in the NFC East, even if the teams aren't good because Mm. they get those ratings. Everyone's invested in them. Um, Rounding out our chat about the NFC East, prediction. One, uh, starting at four, going up to one. How's the division shake out after week 18? Yeah, so basically the Giants are 100% coming last because they, like I mentioned earlier, look like a bit of a dumpster fire. I think the Eagles will probably come second last um, with the Reds, uh, sorry, with the Commanders coming second. That, that could probably flip either way, I think. 
Um, but the Cowboys are the most talented team. So if they reach their potential, which they have struggled to do for a very long time, but if they do reach their potential, they can they can top the division and make the playoffs for sure. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a solid pick there. Mm. Um, well, we'll move on now to the AFC East, to the division of my Dolphins, um, <laughs> and this is not going to be fun for me. <laughs> yeah, we'll see I'm, how generous you are. I'm going to have to say a lot of nice things about a lot of teams I don't like. <laughs> um, well, maybe we can flip up the roles then. Would you like to ask me about my thoughts about the AFC East then? How do you, sure. how does that sound? Let's do that way. I'll take my turn at hosting. So Alrighty. who would who would you say is the best player in the AFC East? The cocky asshole himself, Josh Allen. What, what makes you think he's so cocky? Oh, the way he acts. I'm, <laughs> I mean, every single game against the Dolphins, he's whining to the refs. He's bragging about every little, like, three-yard rush he gets. I hate it. He's stupid. <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, Before I get into all this AFC East chat, I actually have a good friend who's from Buffalo, New York. So I actually do have quite a soft spot for the Bills. If I had to pick a fourth team, I might have actually put the Buffalo Bills up there. Um, oh. But you're welcome to rip on him as much as you like. So, My respect for you has just gone down just a little bit. <laughs> just a yeah. little bit. And so with that said, who do you think is the best team then? Oh, you're really going to do this to me, the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> they're, they're probably everyone's consensus uh, favorite for the Super Bowl, to win the Super mm. Bowl. So I think that saying anything else would discredit my football opinion. It's the, the, They are the best team in the division. Yeah, that's fair. It's good that you're honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, so best offense then? <sighs> the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> best defense? Buffalo Bills. I feel like I'm yes. in the um, I'm in the chair at uh, the uh, in court or something, like having to answer questions on the witness stand. Yeah, like, you, you I, must be honest. I have to be honest, even though as much I just want to say the Dolphins. <laughs> um, well, best special teams then, at least. Give me the best special teams. I'll take it. Dolphins. I think that having Tyree Kill back there as a returner um, makes them absolutely. Uh, Electric, especially they've got Jalen Waddle there who can return as well. They've got speed all over the board, and that's what you need in returns, just speed, 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 being able to hit those mm. holes quickly. Um, and then you look at their kickers. Uh, we've had a Pro Bowl kicker, um, Sanders, who has been there for a while. So I've, I'll take the Dolphins for best special team. Yeah, that sounds fair enough to me. I'm surprised you didn't say the Bills, though, just considering they've been every answer so far. <laughs> so Don't do this to me. <laughs> best fantasy player then? Okay. I can see Stefan Diggs. I really can. And being honest, I've got a Dolphins player written down, but I am going to change my answer. To be honest and truthful Ooh. in my heart, I think it's Stefan Diggs. I had Jalen Waddle written down because what? here's how I see it working out. Dolphins have Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill's been paid the big money. Tyreek Hill's going to get a lot of that attention. But Jalen Waddle really flashed last year. And I think that if you take that pressure off him, you give him a big time receiver to take that pressure away from him, he's going to absolutely explode. You've got Mike Kosicki there as well. You've got a lot of quick, fast running backs out of the backfield who can do lots of backfield actions, um, open up the pass game. Jalen Waddle, I think, is going to flash and be very, very good. But in my heart of hearts, it's Stefan Diggs. It's, <laughs> it's if I'm being honest. Yeah, no, fair enough. I think I have to agree with you there. And in terms of the best draft, who would you say? Oh, 
See, I thought it'd be fun doing the AFC East. I thought mm. it'd be fun I get to talk about my Dolphins. It's not fun. I'm having to t- say nice things about all the teams I hate. It's um, making you realise how grim your situation is. Oh, especially after all the uh, the news surrounding the Dolphins mm. that we'll get into a bit later. But I think the Jets had the best draft. They had three uh, very strong, capable first-rounders. Um, Source Gardner being the biggest one. Um, Wilson as well, the running back. Uh, sorry, not uh, the wide receiver. Uh, drafted 10th overall. Um, I think they they had a very solid draft, lots of high-end talent, which is making people think they might not be the worst team in football this year. So mm. that's a that's a success in and of itself. Mm. And I think we know which team will have the uh, worst first-round draft pick next year in the AFC East. <laughs> <laughs> we end to that later. Um, oh, jerk. Okay, this, this is probably the easiest one, I think, for this division is best coach. You definitely Mike McDaniel for sure. <laughs> no, it's yeah, got to okay. be it's got to be <laughs> Bill Belichick, eight-time Super Bowl champion, six as a head coach. Um, yeah, one of the best coaches of all time, let alone yeah. right now in the AFC East. Yeah, no doubt with that guy. I don't get around the people who say he needed Brady to succeed or Brady needed him. I think they're both, you know, legendary in their own right. Lightning in a bottle, them both coming together at the same time, hitting their primes at the same time. Um, we won't see anything else like it. Everyone's talking about who's going to be the next dynasty. I don't think there'll be one. It, that was it. <laughs> yeah. So then moving on to the fan bases. So the worst fan base in the AFC East. Okay. So just to clarify, when we did our original top three rivals, my number one is the New York Jets. And here's why. Mm. There is no difference between Jets fans and Patriots fans. The only difference is the Patriots have actually won stuff to brag about. The Jets act like they are this huge team that that deserves everyone's respect. They brag, they trash talk, they do all this stuff, and they've done absolutely nothing. The Jets are the worst fan base in all of pro sports. They're all Super Bowl three. That's nothing. <laughs> That's nothing. Ancient history, right? Ancient history. <laughs> I say with the Dolphins winning seven and eight, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So then I guess on the to cheer you up a bit, who's the best fan base? You've um you've seen the run sheet. You know this is not gonna cheer me up. It's the it's gotta be the Bills. I mean, Dolphins are too fair weather. Uh mm. the Patriots fans are just annoying to deal with. The Jets fans are even more annoying to deal with. So by default, it's it's Buffalo, I guess. They they love jumping through flaming tables. I mean, like, <laughs> in all honesty, taking my bitter um, division feelings aside, it does look like a cool fan base to be a part of. They do really mm-hmm. rally around and they've got that small town feel. It's probably the Bills. Yeah, I think to be fair, like uh, you personally do make me see the Dolphins fan base in a better light, how <laughs> how much of a genuine fan you are, um, especially seeing your car. Yeah. But I think as well, yeah, like I said, having a friend from Buffalo, kind of learning a bit about Buffalo as a town, just the fact it's like that small town kind of wholesome vibe where everyone just gets around their bills. Yeah. I, I do like that fan base a lot. So I, I completely get what you're talking about. Definitely. Definitely. So the best rookie in the AFC East this year? A lot of good options. A lot of good options. I think I'm going to have to go with Source Gardner, uh, cornerback at New York Jets. Um, is a lot of potential. He, I think, was talked about as well as a potential uh, number one overall. Um, very good coming out of college, and I think he's um, he's primed and ready to go to uh, be the one shining light on the New York Jets. <laughs> yeah, nice. No, I, I have to agree with you. Um, yeah, played well since he's so, yeah. 
<laughs> um, yeah, best divisional game of the year. I want to say I want to say something Dolphins, but I don't think. Here's how I see it playing out. I think that Patriots and Dolphins are going to be about even. I think the Patriots are going to be slightly above the Dolphins heading into week 18. But Patriots go to Bills with playoff implications on the line. Bills need a win, say, to get the one seed. I think Bills beat the Patriots, knock the Patriots down to three. Dolphins jump up to two. Um, and that's how it shakes out. Spoiler alert for my predictions, by the way. So <laughs> I think I think Patriots at Bills is a very big game in the division because if it doesn't shake out the way I'm thinking, it could potentially decide the division. Uh, so mm. I think it's a very big game. Yeah, no, fair enough. You've definitely thought that very well in advance. I, I would have guessed you would have said the uh, the token game every year where the Dolphins somehow beat the Patriots in Foxborough, but uh, I guess not. <laughs> we always get one. I don't know yeah, how. It's always Even one. when Brady and Belichick were doing their magic, <laughs> we always get one. Something about them Dolphins. And... <laughs> So the next question, which I think answers itself, is the best dynasty in the AFC East. There's only one dynasty. Only one <laughs> team has won three or more Super Bowls, and it's it's the New England Patriots. I think they're one of the best dynasties in all of football history. Um, I mean, they've got tied most Super Bowls, but for a team to do it in just a 20-year period, the way that they did it, and they were even the years they didn't win the Super Bowl, they went to nine Super Bowls. Mm. They won six. They were, if they weren't in the Super Bowl, they were in the AFC title game. And there was only a couple of years where they weren't even in that. So they mm. were consistently at the, the cream of the crop, the top of the pack. I think they're one of the best dynasties in football history. I think they're one of the best teams in football history. I mean, you look at the best team in football history is arguably a team that didn't even win the Super Bowl because the Patriots were that good. Like mm. they, they didn't even win the Super Bowl that year and they still have one of the best teams in NFL history. So I think it's got to be the Patriots. Yeah, I think as well, what's impressive with their dynasty is the fact like the the distance between the first win and the last win, I don't know exactly, but it's something like 19 years or something, 18 years maybe between their first Super Bowl and their last Super Bowl. So just the longevity of that dynasty as well is just insane. Yeah. Obviously they had down years in between that, but the fact they got back to on top, it's quite impressive. Well, they had almost a 10-year gap as well between uh, between the third Super Bowl and the fourth Super Bowl as well. So mm. be, even in that period, they were ve- they went to two Super Bowls even in that period as well. So to have that consistent success at the front and back end of, uh, of Tom Brady's career was um, unbelievable. Yeah, I'm not sure if you've seen, there's an interview with Brady, I'll send it to you if you haven't, um, where he's, he's talking about his career and he says, you know, early on, he you know won the Super Bowl very early. He won you know back to back, or he won three in very quick succession. And he starts to think maybe there's more to life than winning Super Bowls, you know. Um, and then all of a sudden, he doesn't win one for a while, and he's like, "Damn, no, this is actually really hard again. Like, I need to get back yeah. on top." So, um, yeah, that's an interesting one. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, I guess as well, you know, there's a lot of certainty in this division in terms of who's on top. But who's your surprise Pro Bowler? You think for this year? I took a look around at some articles and what people were writing up. And one of the big ones that flashed out to me was um, was Christian Barmore. I think that um, he's got a lot of potential there as defensive tackle for New England. Um, didn't get as many sacks, but the amount of pressures he got and the amount of uh, what they call stops, uh, which is when the defender makes a play that is positive for the defense. So whether it be, mm. if, even if it's just like a one or two yard carry, 
the defense sees that as a positive, not a net positive gain. So he was ranked one of the highest in the league for that last year. Uh, so I think he really has potential. If the um, if the public is really knows what they're looking at, he's got a lot of potential to be one of those uh, players to make the Pro Bowl. So I think watch out for Christian Barmore next year. Mm. I think as well, my uh, dark horse, I don't even know if this counts as a surprise, but I think Matthew Judon could make the Pro Bowl because he just seemed Ooh, to have a breakout year last too. year. So um, I think he got a lot of attention because he had those red sleeves that was catching everyone's eye. And he, so hopefully this year he'll get recognized and he might actually get into the Pro Bowl. Yeah. You, you might have made it last so. year. I, don't, I could be sounding a bit dumb right now, but <laughs> I don't remember him being <laughs> in the roster. <laughs> um. Well, next one, we'll move on to best rivalry. And I think it's so tough because it sort of ebbs and flows with the quality of the division. So at, mm. our division, I don't think, is not the same as the NFC East where they're built-in rivalries. I feel like the two best teams at the time, that's the best rivalry. Um, I feel like the Jets and Dolphins have a pretty strong rivalry as well, being um, back in the Marino days, there was the famous... Um, fake spike game uh, between the Jets mm. and the Dolphins. They had a couple of playoff games against each other. But at the moment, I think it's Buffalo and New England just because of the quality of those sides. You look at the games they had last year, the um, the cold weather game, the really uh, snowy game, which was um, three completed passes for, the, um, <laughs> for Mac Jones and he won that game. Um, mm. I, think that, I think that that's a pretty good uh, building rivalry at the moment. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's hard as well for a team like the Patriots to have a rivalry, you know, all the way from Boston down to the the Dolphins in Miami because they're so spread out as well. So yeah. it makes it a bit trickier. When, you know, when you got Buffalo and New England somewhat closer together in New York as well, I guess those three are a bit more rubbing shoulders. But yeah, um, yeah no, I think you're right there. And so what, what's your uh, prediction for the, the division? Well, I think the Jets can enjoy their home in the cellar. Um, sucked in Jets you stay down there um, I think that like I predicted when I talked about the divisional game I think Patriots uh, and Dolphins battle for the two and three spot in the division and ultimately the Dolphins just edged them um, so Patriots at three Dolphins at two and Buffalo Bills uh, go on to lose in the AFC Championship game to whoever they choke it away uh, I, I would really be every playoff season. I'm always rooting for the Bills to make it the whole way, except once the Bengals made it last year. I was rooting for them quite happily, but um, yeah, yeah, I'd like to see the Bills take it all. But yeah, I agree with that. We've we've placed everyone, so yeah. I think Miami and New England could flip either way. Um, definitely, yeah, I agree. Definitely, Bills on top, Jets on the bottom. I um, uh, have you seen the four falls of uh, Buffalo documentary about the four Super Bowl losses? Oh, actually, yes, I have watched that, especially because I believe two of them were to the Cowboys. So yeah. I've actually watched those games as well. Outstanding documentary. It mm. almost made me feel something for the Bills. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Not quite, I, but it got, it got close. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel horrible for them. But I do love the joke about how, um, obviously, they make Super Bowl champion teams for both teams that make the game. And the ones that the team that loses, they send the shirts to Africa to disadvantage children. And there's just the joke that those kids now think that the Bills won four Super Bowls in a row. What a dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, well, that's it for our chat about the uh, the NFL superlatives. Moving on, we've got a very small mailbag this week. Uh, the only one we've got in is from Rob from Warners Bay, who asks, what are your thoughts on the Miami Dolphins tampering scandal? Oh, how long have you got? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I'll I'll take this one first. Being the Dolphins fan, I think it's utterly pathetic from our ownership the way they've handled the team over the past couple of years. Um, you look at the way Flores uh, got dumped on the way out and uh, all the fallout from that. I think our owner is too focused on the big names and too focused on being splashy, being Miami and not actually focused on building a proper winning football team. And you mean, you look at the reports that came out that said he offered money um, for the team to lose. Uh, that's just completely against what an owner should be doing. And I think as tough as it is and as frustrating as it is, the one man's decision causes pain for millions of people who support the team. I think the Dolphins needed to be punished. They need to be taught a lesson that your owner can't act like, act the way he is um, and continue on not putting the team first. Um, so I'm, as sad as it is, I'm glad that some light is being shone on it. And I think that the Dolphins need to really take a good hard look at how they're being run. Yeah, I completely agree. I um, don't know if I have too much to add, but I think, yeah, it's it's hard to tell a billionaire sports team owner what to do. Yeah. So sometimes you got to put these harsh penalties for them to realize, oh, I actually can't do whatever I want all the time. Yeah. The problem was, I think there's not much you can actually penalize the owner that's really going to hurt them. I mean, mm. he's been fined a million, like 1.5 million to a billionaire. That's like, a hundred dollar fine, sure. Like cost a lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> oh, that fell out of my wallet today. Whoopsies. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> and he, he's got suspended for six games. But an owner mm. being suspended means okay, he can't wine and dine his uh his guests in the box for six weeks. Yeah, like, he's gotta watch it from his home cinema. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a shame. It's probably got a better yeah. view than his box does. Like, Mm-mm. yeah. Um it's it's hard, it's tough being a dolphins fan. Um, mm. and it's going to be hopefully the on-field product is a bit better this year hopefully Tua pans out and hopefully all these positives that have been made for the team can improve them but man it's hard to be a Dolphins fan yeah I'm, I'm grateful every day that I'm not a Dolphins fan <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway um, our last segment as always now Ollie isn't here uh, for the Lock of the Week segment, but he sent through his picks. Uh, we'll go through the scores from last week. Uh, last week, I locked up Swans to cover the line against North. Uh, the line was 45 and a half, and they were over it and late in the game. I thought I had it won. I was all prepared to skite and brag that I was still two points ahead. Unfortunately, North kicked a few late goals, and uh, Swans didn't cover the line, meaning I took an L this week. Uh, and Ollie picked Brisbane to beat his own team, Carlton. He did win that lock. Brisbane did beat Carlton. Baggers are not flaggers. And Ollie had a lot to say, um, a lot of trash talk to me when I was uh, off the pod for a week. So I'll do it to you. Baggers are not flaggers, mate. (laughs) Your team's a joke and they're going to miss the eight. Unlucky. (laughs) Um, And now, are you a big AFL fan, Cowboy? Uh, I used to be a Swans member as a kid, but I haven't been really into afl for quite a while now i just loosely hear things around and that's about it yeah gotcha um yeah basically our lock segment is just we pick a a result each week that we think is going to get up um usually we've got like the house rule that we we've got to pick something a dollar 50 or over so we don't Mm -hmm. pick an absolute certainty to make it a bit challenging um but at the moment being heavy into the afl scene has been a lot of afl picks but Mm -hmm. looking forward to starting to pick nfl games because i reckon i can Mm -hmm. get on quite a hot streak (laughs) <laughs> um, on those ones. 
Um, looking into locks for this week, though, I am going to take Brisbane uh, to beat St Kilda this week. I think Brisbane um, have a strong march ahead if they want to make the four. They need a few good wins. And despite uh, me not wanting them to win uh, for Swan's implications, I think that Brisbane do get up on St Kilda. And North uh, to cover uh, 31 and a half on Adelaide is Ollie's pick for this week. So, um, North are featuring quite a lot in our um, in our locks this uh, in our locks this year, despite being one of the statistically worst teams in AFL history. Um, it's quite fun to see. Um, but yeah, that's it for our podcast today. Thank you so much uh, for listening. Uh, we'd like to thank uh, Cowboy for uh, for coming on today. Thanks for um, thanks for having a chat with us. It's all right. Thanks for having me on here, mate. Had fun. Yeah, it's been an it's been an absolute blast. Love hearing all your. Um, ASU stories. I'm definitely going to um, book myself in for a couple of those stories off the pod. Uh, a couple of the <laughs> ones that good. are a bit salacious. But, um, but yeah, thanks so much for, for joining us. And we'll definitely have to uh, get some merch out to you once we, uh, once we get it in. Um, Much appreciated. But yeah, if you like what you heard today, make sure you follow the podcast. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Road Trip Sports Pod. Uh, you can follow us on YouTube, search Road Trip Sports Podcast to find us. Uh, any inquiries you've got, if you'd like to get on the pod, share your stories. If you'd like some free merch, uh, get in touch with us. Road Trip Sports Podcast at gmail.com is the best way uh, to get in touch with us. You can also slide into our DMs on any of our um, social platforms as well. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. So, yeah, make sure you keep the feedback coming in. We love all the five-star reviews uh, that have been coming in on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So keep those up. Uh, yeah, we love hearing your feedback. And it's been great to produce this podcast for you. Uh, I hope you have a great week and we will see you next time. See ya.